Good morning. I'm going to try to get new blood interested in farming this morning on the programme, and I'm going to be helped by one of the NFU's student and young farmer ambassadors. Go out and get your opportunities. So if there's an area you're interested in for me, it was sugar beet, which sounds a bit random, but that's just I had connections with it. More from Georgina soon, and later in the week of the Midlands Machinery Show, we ask where are all the new farm mechanics? In all honesty, you're going to get your hands dirty. You're going to work on sociable hours, particularly in harvest. Um, you're going to be working outdoors. But the other way of looking at that is that every day is different. The Week in Agriculture. This is The Farming Programme with Sean Dunderdale. Hello. Yes, it was thankfully a dry couple of days at the Newark Showground for this year's Midlands Machinery Show, although it was bitterly cold on Thursday afternoon. Wednesday was nice and sunny, and opposite the exhibits inside the Cedric Ford Pavilion, the NFU's Environment Conference also took place. Deputy President Guy Smith was chairing it, and uh, I caught up with him after the conference for a wide-ranging discussion, including, of course, the floods that we discussed last week. That water is still there. Henry's farm might start being pumped out this coming week, according to the Environment Agency. We'll see. They might try and fix that breach as well. Anyway, back to Guy Smith. We started, given it was the Environment Conference, by talking about the environment. After all, it's uh, key to the future, isn't it, Guy? Sean, it is, and that looks like it's a direction of travel, so it's really important that farmers you know, understand uh, where new policy might be coming from, but it's really important we also contribute. And look, This recent run of weather, which has been so challenging for practical farmers on the ground, reminds us that any agricultural policy going forward should always have an element of support in it, you know, because we're quite clear that this weather is going to put real pressure on cash flows uh, going forward for, for Lincolnshire and Nottinghamshire farmers in particular who have been at the, at the worst end of this. And government must be reminded that you know, there is a role for government in ensuring that farm businesses have an element of a financial safety net that just keeps them in business. Um, because if we are just subject to the whims of the weather and we go bust overnight and government aren't interested then that is a recklessly stupid policy and I think if there's one silver line to the weather we've got at the moment it's a reminder of why you have farm support and why it should be going forward and the other point Sean is that I really urge your listeners to get out in front of politicians now they want your vote this is your opportunity and don't give them an easy time ask them those difficult questions about TB ask them those difficult questions about trade deals make sure that this parliament that when it returns after December which could be one of the most important parliaments we've seen in our lifetime are well versed in the complexities of agricultural policy and don't think there's simple answers out there because there isn't. We talk a lot about the public good I mean there's no greater public good than getting your land flooded to stop houses being flooded and and there are a lot of farms that were deliberately flooded some not deliberately flooded as we know out at Short Ferry and it did stop hundreds, maybe thousands of homes and businesses being flooded themselves. Yeah, and, and there's always a role for land in protecting other more built-up areas. But look, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on you know flooding of houses, and I understand why the media focus on that. But let's not forget the people have had their livelihoods turned upside down uh, because banks haven't been uh, properly maintained. You know, I'm always reminded of uh, the great pioneer of drainage, the person that changed a lot of Lincolnshire, Cornelius Vermeiden, 400 years ago. And Vermeiden said the essentials of good drainage are sound banks, clean channels and good pumps and by goodness 
that needs to be remembered at this time. We understand how uh, the movement of water is important for the environment and biodiversity and the like, but when you're a farmer sitting out uh, looking at your livelihood, not being able to get on the ground because it's covered in water, you, really, you can feel as a food producer you're becoming forgotten uh, and that's, uh, it's important to remind people that, you know, take food production for granted at your peril. You mentioned the, the, the general election we're under at the moment. Everybody in this room, everybody listening, eats food. We all need food, yet that is being ignored by the politicians. It's not in the debates we're seeing on the TV or in really anywhere, is it? Yeah, and, and Sean, it's a good point, is that sometimes to get farming points across, it's good to hijack on other people's agendas. And, and you're damn right, everyone eats three times a day, maybe some people more than that. Um, And that is a very good lens to make some of our points. And I go back to this point about, you know, sometimes when it comes to food production, the weather can have the last laugh. Uh, And if we're going to see more of this extreme weather, flood and drought and the like, I mean, the irony of us going into DEFRA to explain that there was severe flooding out there and problems... 15 months after we'd been in saying that we had the worst drought for a generation and then sort of trying to show we aren't talking this up, this is genuine reminds me that the biggest challenge going forward is securing a supply of food with more challenging weather Uh, and politicians again have got to be aware of that, do not take food production for granted We stood in this very building a year ago and we were going into 2019 and I said what would you like for the new year and I think you said more clarity more certainty, what would you like going into 2020 because you haven't got your wishes from last year. Yeah, as, as someone said the other day, anyone who thinks they know what's going to happen haven't been paying attention. Uh, if you look at the opinion polls, and we know they can go wrong, it looks like a Tory majority. I think that will unlock a lot of things. Uh, we will suddenly, this ag bill that's been in the long grass for a long time, the environment bill, I think we'll start. things will start to move quite rapidly and the NFU will have to move quite rapidly at the same time. Uh, but, um, you know, as you know, Sean, we are strictly uh, apolitical we don't encourage members to vote one way or the other uh, and we may be back to a hung parliament and if we are then we are in this long grass uh, and we will have to tackle that best we can we'll know in three weeks time i suppose that's guy smith deputy president of the national farmers union thanks guy also attending that environment conference was georgina barrett from the grantham area she's one of the student and young farmer ambassadors for the nfu the nfu have selected 10 young ambassadors that represent all the regions around the country including um, NFU Cymru um, and we're basically there to represent the younger generation so the NFU have a student and young farmer membership section um, and they thought it would be good to get groups of people from that section to come in and get more involved with the NFU and older members um, and as part of that um, we've done some media training to sort of get out there sort of promote the scheme um, we've also been part of the Lord Mayor show so we've been out promoting British agriculture and getting in that involved in that side of things um, and also really interestingly just involved in day-to-day things with the NFU such as the conference we're at today. And it's crucial really for the industry isn't it to get fresh faces in I mean no offence to some of the people I was looking around here but they're slightly older uh, slightly more male perhaps and like me losing their hair but so to get younger younger blood in is crucial isn't it to the industry? Oh yeah definitely and it's really exciting and I, something I definitely say to people is 
it's so welcoming as an industry you shouldn't be intimidated it's very easy to walk into a room of people that sort of all above the age of 40 and feel very intimidated there's a lot of knowledge and experience there but at the same time they're the people that want to share that knowledge and experience you know you can talk to anyone in this room we're in now and they'll be keen to engage to give you their knowledge but also to listen to what you have to say and I think as an industry we are brilliant including young people but it's having those young people have the confidence or toast to step up and realize they are invited to be part of that sort of more experienced generation and how did you find the conference today the environment conference um totally inspiring to be perfectly honest um i'm just i'm about eight months away from the end of my phd so i'm doing a phd in water use efficiency in sugar beet the university of nottingham and i'm sort of starting to think about what i want to do next and today I've sort of sat there and thought I think I've got quite a lot to give this industry and there's a lot of things I'd like to do moving forward and seeing them talk particularly about people that might be a bit science qualified or have that sort of experience but also having that connection between yes I'm a scientist but I also understand farming seems really important and I think I'm really inspired to do something maybe with the NFU maybe more science wise to actually help and enable some of these ideas that people have come up with today to move forward so I've had a really like eye-opening morning i'm feeling very motivated by what i've heard well, that's very good and what uh, message would you give to anybody else thinking maybe in your shoes as, as you were i don't know three four five years ago what message would you give to them get into the industry yeah get into the industry and just take all the opportunities that are there but don't just take opportunities that appear go out and get your opportunities so if there's an area you're interested in for me it was sugar beet which sounds a bit random but that's just i had connections with it if you then approach sugar beet growers or british beet research organization or even British Sugar they were all great at accommodating me and giving me opportunities so yeah my number one thing would be don't just go for what's apparently in front of you also think about what else you might want to do and go out there um, and get those connections and ask to um, experience those opportunities. Some very good advice there from Georgina Barrett one of the students and young farmer ambassadors for the NFU. Thank you Georgina and we'll be talking more about attracting younger voices into the industry a little later with Andrew Waterson at Peacock and Bin. He's concerned where the next generation of farm mechanics are going to come from. We'll hear from him soon. First, let's get the latest from Openfield. Here's Kit Dickinson. UK wheat prices are down about £5 from recent highs on both old crop and new crop. This is on the perception in the break in weather allowing drilling progress to continue, whereas in reality there may be somewhat different depending on your farm. Current prices would preclude further wheat exports in the theory that they will leave the UK despite the surplus talk and the carry of the additional 1 million metric tonnes, hence the drop in values. Everything from a UK perspective hinges on how much wheat gets planted, which may or may not be known in the coming months. In the meantime, the flow of grain from farm remains thin, which is supportive to cash premiums over the futures. EU exports continue at a pace, and official figures from Brussels show an increase of 56% on last year although these would appear to underestimate the real figure, which is circa 700,000 tonnes in France alone. The market continues to monitor ongoing US-China talks, which will dictate the fund settlement depending on how much recent tweets coming out of Washington or dictate from Beijing. The Brexit uncertainty is ongoing and the US harvest is the most important thing, after the UK weather forecast. This week we are pleased to reaffirm the presence in the key global grain market on barley. Openfield are currently loading a 64,000 tonne vessel of feed barley produced by farmers across the southwest, and it is currently destined for Saudi Arabia following a huge operation to load the Panamax vessel in Portbury. The MV Sidari began loading on Saturday the 16th of November and the cargo is expected to reach the destination in mid-December. 
Moving on towards food rate this week, the domestic markets have seen some support towards the latter part of the week, reluctantly following the Matif futures market as it gained a couple of euros. The British pound also had a slight input, having moved a little weaker against the single currency following the leader's political TV debate early in the week. The initial reaction has faded somewhat, with the pound returning to its previous stronger levels. However, for now, the market has not followed. Canadian canola values saw additional support this week as harvest continues to be hampered by poor weather. However, national railway strike is causing severe delays to current export plans, with severity at such a level that the Prime Minister has been asked to intervene. Elsewhere, vegetable oil markets have continued to see a tightening profile, and this is forecast through the whole of 2020. China-US trade negotiations seem to have taken a back step this week, following further comments from President Trump that additional tariffs remain an option should phase one not meet his approval and that's it for the market update this week so we'll move on to prices feed wheat for november 138 to 140 february 140 to 142 may 144 to 146 a new crop november 20 151 to 153 milling premiums are still currently 20 pounds oilseed rate for november is 318 to 320 february 321 to 323 and May 325 to 326. There are no prices going forward from May for new crop. Barley, November 120 to 122. February 124 to 126. May 127 to 129. And again, limited prices going forward. And malting barley premiums are currently circa £10. Thank you, as ever, Kit Dickinson there at Open Field. Now, we heard earlier from Georgina Barrett, one of the student and young farmers ambassadors for the NFU, and listening keenly, and indeed always keen to see fresh faces getting into the industry, is our agronomist Sean Sparling. Morning, Sean. Yes, good morning, Sean. It really is heartening. We're very, very fortunate to have such a vibrant youth sector of agriculture within the UK. And I think, I mean, historically, it was always the sons and the daughters of farming families that were the young farmers clubs. That's how they developed. Um, but obviously there's such a diverse level now of people from outside our industry coming in for the social side but also because they realise how many career paths open up just from going into agriculture whether you want to be driving a tractor or managing or consultancy or an agronomist go into the science side the land agent side so many avenues available to people within agriculture and the youth has always been the thing which has driven our industry forward and long may that continue so we need that exuberance of youth and with people like Georgina out there doing the job for us and helping encourage people to come into agriculture, I think our future is secure. Um, it doesn't help just moving on, changing the subject slightly. Um, we're up against it in this industry. You know, we all know how hard we work to protect wildlife, to protect the environment. Um, and it breaks my heart to see land flooding because I know the damage that's doing to our environment, to the, the mice, the voles, the shrews, the moles, hedgehogs, badgers, spiders, beetles... All the things that live in the soil, the bumblebees, the solitary bees, the rabbits, the hares, the rats, the list just goes on and on and on. And all this farmland that's being flooded, all of these creatures are being destroyed because of this. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. And to hear environmental activists such as George Monbiot suggesting that that is the correct thing to do rather than dredge rivers, I really do despair about the people who are influencing opinion in this country. It cannot be right to flood agricultural land as a first resort just to avoid admitting you are wrong 
and the rivers should be dredged. We've said it before. If you've got a thousand litre drum, you can put a thousand litres of water in it. If you half fill it with sand, you can get 500 litres of water in it. It makes absolute sense to me to dredge the rivers, make them the vessels they are supposed to be to carry the water away. But flooding farmland as a first resort, as Mr Mombier is proposing, is absolutely criminal to the environment, criminal to our wildlife and absolutely shameful to suggest that it is a good idea simply to flood farmland and kill all those wonderful creatures in the process. We should explore every other option and the first option should be dredging these rivers. Let's get to it. So let's move on then. Oilseed rape, um, not a lot to talk about. Disease levels remain pretty similar to where they were last week. So there's no desperate hurry to get on. Even if you wanted to, you really can't um, travel on this land. So obviously thoughts are starting to turn to what other jobs can we do? We've got nothing to do. Let's get curb on. Well, you need moist soils and you need cold temperatures in the soil. You need the temperature to be 8 degrees and falling at 30 centimetres and you need moisture. Well, we've got both of those things pretty much at the moment. However, you do not want to be putting propizomide onto waterlogged land because you get the phenomena called run-through, which causes two issues. First issue is that you end up with less concentration of propizomide to do the job that you're intending to do. So if you lose 30%, it's like you're putting a three-quarter dose of propizomide on to control blackgrass. Well, nobody would do that. So so be conscious of the fact you will lose active ingredient and there shouldn't there probably won't be enough left to do an, uh, an efficient job of the black grass. But the other thing that happens is that 30% that washes away ends up in the reservoirs. It will be picked up and analysed. It doesn't cause us any harm, but it just gives more grist to the mill for those people who want to ban the probizomides, the metazoclos, the clopyrrolids, the quinmerics, the dimethenamid P. All of those products associated with oilseed rape are on a list. We have to steward them and it would be bad stewardship to go and apply onto waterlogged fields. You may not be able to see the water above the field because it's been a more benevolent week of weather, but they are waterlogged. When the drains are running like this, don't put propizomide on. You've got until the end of January to do it, so bide your time until things are a little drier to go on and do it. Um, also, the, the slugs are starting, I'm afraid, in some of these oilseed rape fields, and that's repeated in the winter wheat, those wheats which are through. We're seeing some slug activity. Similar thing with metaldehyde. Do not put metaldehyde onto waterlogged field when drains are running because it will get into the water. It's different to propizomide because it's hydrophilic. It'll latch into that water droplet and get into the reservoirs. Now, they can't remove it. It's an expensive thing to remove metaldehyde. You do have ferrous phosphate. If it's wet like this, use ferrous phosphate. Don't use metaldehyde because it does cause complications for us um, going forward. As I said, slugs are out there, but trap them and monitor and don't just put pellets on for the sake of doing it just because it's wet. If you've an issue, you need to go. We're also seeing in winter wheat some of these fields which did go in a bit of uptake from herbicide. It's inevitable, really, but you couldn't do anything else. You'd no choice. If you put wheat in the ground, you've got a black grass issue. You have to put the pre-em on. It's inevitable with the weather we've had, it's going to get into those wheat plants, but it should be fairly transient. The crop will grow out of that. The new leaves will come out unaffected. It won't cause any issues with yield or anything else. So it's still difficult out here in the field, Sean. Somebody asked me the other day, um, whether I've started sweating and worrying. Well, do you know, funny thing is, I don't sweat. I Because of all the flack I've taken over the years, I, I seem to produce an awful lot of adrenaline, which stops me sweating. I'm getting better now as things <laughs> improve with age. But, you know, I, I just have this condition where I simply can't sweat. And for those of you who saw that picture of me on Twitter the other day, I have no recollection of that picture being taken. I don't wear clothes like that. Um, I'm not entirely sure what that's about. And I think that 
image was probably photoshopped. So I'm going to move away. Let's hand it all over to the youth of today and get farming moving forward. And let's hope they can do a better job with the weather than we have. I have no idea what he was referring to at the end there, do you? Uh, that's Sean Sparling at Sparling Agronomy Services. Thank you, Prince Sean. Now, maybe you went to the Midlands Machinery Show at Newark in the week because you're interested in a career helping fix the machines that were there on show. Sadly, it seems many, particularly teenagers, just aren't that interested anymore, which is a worry because, as we heard with Georgina earlier, in all aspects of farming, new blood is crucial. Andrew Waterson is a mechanic at Peacock and Binnington. Andrew, it's crucial to get that younger blood involved, isn't it? Yes, it is crucial, yeah, to to keep the industry moving forwards, um, you know, to keep the customers, you know, up to speed with their machines and keep their machines working properly. We need youngsters coming in who were um, enthusiastic and, and for you know they've got a good attitude, got a good attitude and willing to take a challenge on and and you know fix a problem um, and not give up on that problem and, and see it through to the end. Yeah, having that attitude is is half of the. The, the job really isn't it if you if they've got the right mindset the right mm. attitude then you know they're going to succeed yeah they've got the right attitude what you'll find is that the uh, technicians in the workshop will take the time to explain stuff to them uh, and, and respect them basically um, but yeah having the right attitude is is essential i would say yeah definitely to to succeeding in this industry of um you know agricultural technicians yeah definitely are you concerned and, and not necessarily here at peacock and Binnington, but across the industry that it's a kind of aging uh, employees really uh, you know they take them no offence but none of us are getting any younger yeah no I totally agree it's not just PMB it's the whole industry definitely on the dealer network so John Deere from to, to JCB to Massey Ferguson yeah we, we need new blood to come in and continue to come in as well and and um that's how you build your future because obviously your workforce gets older year by year and then you need young lads to come in and then learn off the older chaps in the workshop their experience can't be taught you know you you can get so much information and, and gain so much knowledge from a guy who's been in the industry 30 plus years you know so um yeah we definitely need young blood and and yes it's definitely an industry-wide issue that i've seen and heard from different dealers as well as customers yeah what do you think is putting off that young blood from from joining? Because you know, speaking to you, you know, you, you're clearly passionate about it. You clearly enjoy it. You get a lot out of it. Others will do the same. Why aren't they coming forward? Yes, no, that's right. I'm passionate about it. I think a bit of it is probably, in all honesty, is you're going to get your hands dirty. You're going to work on sociable hours, particularly in harvest. Um, you're going to be working outdoors. But the other way of looking at that is that every day is different. You've got a challenge and sense of achievement when you fix a challenge, a fault, is, is fantastic. Um, I think it's probably this, the unknown as well. They probably don't really appreciate the technology involved in these m- machines and maybe a little bit scared of working on machines with such high technology maybe puts them off. But, you know, if you come to a dealer and get an apprenticeship, you know, you're taught how to diagnose faults and work your way through. And, yes, you do have to work long hours, but it's also rewarding. And you've had a bit of uh, recent experience of the, the success, really, of work experience. You've had some work experience here here at PMB, and that's, uh, you know, you've kind of benefited from that, haven't you? Yes, so we had a, two lads in, work experience lads from school, 14 years old, and they were brilliant. You know, their attitudes were great asking lots of questions so I was willing to answer them and show them how to 
repair and why we were doing what we were doing and how it works and their attitudes were fantastic so hopefully they're going to come in and get a Saturday job and then work up to get in an apprenticeship and then hopefully they'll stay with the company uh, or stay in the industry that's the most important thing that they, they, they do their apprenticeship but stay in the industry but yeah I was really impressed with their attitude so there are youngsters out there who want to do it and I would also say as well not just young lads you know there are young girls out there who are interested in mechanicing and I would say to them not to be put off because it is a very sort of um, male orientated industry go and have a chat with your local dealer or when Lamazon or Link Show go and have a chat with your manufacturer stands and say look I'm interested in becoming a, a dealer technician um, and then you know ring up your local dealer wherever it may be and, and say look can I come in and do you know some Saturdays and I want to work towards getting an apprenticeship so it's you know both male and female don't be put off come and have a go yeah a lot of talk at the moment about uncertainty in in the industry for various uh, reasons um but farming is going to exist farming is going to continue in some form these machines are still going to be needed and if anything a lot of farmers at the minute seem to be wanting to patch up the machines they've got which means even more work for mechanics yeah i would say brexit's having a massive effect on all industries really at the moment um but um yeah with farmers they put a lot of pressure rightly so on us because they buy into a brand such as jcb here at pmb they, they buy into that brand and they expect a certain level of um customer care um you know i, I call it the customer experience of owning a jcb telehandler or a fent tractor you know the dealer has to back them up um, so that's what we're here to do and, and do it professionally to a good standard. I feel that it will only continue, the standard will only continue to rise because the machines are getting more and more expensive, uh, because they're doing more and more work and they're relied on more and more. Take an exa- uh, you know, example like the combine, the ideal combine that the um, Aco lot have out. You know, It's high pressure because you've got to get that machine up and running and it's got to do its harvest because that's what brings the pennies in for the customer. Is it rewarding? Yeah, definitely rewarding, yeah. You can have days where it's frustrating, like any job, you know. Um, but, yeah, you're going out to fix faults, and you, and you get those faults fixed, particularly if it's a, a tricky fault and you get to the bottom of it, um, and then you go off to the next customer and you sort him out. You get days where you'll have to do ten jobs in a day, and you'll fix them all, and the customer's happy. And Yeah, it's very, very, very rewarding, yeah, definitely. But you have to put the hard work in to to get those rewards, you know, yeah. What what needs to happen then? What needs to change to get this this new blood in? Is it is it purely down to the individual, or is there more that can be done within our schools, within our colleges, maybe even within government to push these apprenticeships? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think first and foremost, you've got to have a good attitude as a young lad, be willing to work. But the industry does have to change, uh, particularly agriculture. You know, it, it really does have to to change and, and get into the modern ways um, and at schools you know I, I think that they, they should teach young lads who are interested in mechanics about mechanics you know maybe drop some other subjects to, to teach them if that's the route they want to go down but the rest of the industry yeah I think they, I, I mean first and foremost they need to pay people you know enough because we all come to work for, for money at the end of the day so there has to be an incentive in terms of a good wage there um, but also you know good facilities to work in you know the right tool in the right training and just to show these youngsters that come into the industry that they're appreciated and that they let them know they are an asset to the company and that they are valued 
and, and just help them progress. You know, don't leave, don't take them on as an apprentice and just leave them. You know, put them with somebody who's experienced and, and put the time and effort and money in to train them. Like a pilot earns his wings, a young lad who's fixing a, a could be fixing a combine at half a million pounds or, you know, a lawnmower at 200 quid. It doesn't matter. You've still got to put the time and effort in, in a, to, to train them up. Some good points. Well, mate, that's uh, Andrew Watson at PMB on the need for more new blood in the industry. And we've a longer chat with Andrew if you'd like to hear even more on the podcast edition of the programme, which will be online a little later this morning. The Farming Programme, five-day forecast. Right, on to the weather. Another unsettled week. Wet and windy by the looks of things, I'm afraid. Today should be dry, maybe a shower first thing, depending where you are. Highs of 10, the wind from the south-southeast, 15 miles an hour. A band of rain then sweeps across overnight and into tomorrow. Could be heavy for a time. Windy as well from the south, gusts of 30 miles an hour. And then drier on Tuesday. Even then, though, we might get some rain in the afternoon with more of the same through the rest of the week. Temperatures a bit milder because of that wind direction from the south. Could be 12 Celsius at the start of the week. Overnight lows of 6 or 7. It will turn chillier, though, as we get towards the end of the week. For now, that's the forecast and another week in agriculture. It's crop tech this coming week, so we might see you there. Until next Sunday's programme, have a good week.